This is Mark Media. Hit it! Welcome to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. I'm your host, Mark Gunn. The views expressed on this program are those of the host and guests and not necessarily reflective of anyone or any entity associated with this broadcast. This episode is brought to you by the Centers for Disease Control. The best way to protect yourself from 2019 novel coronavirus is to avoid being exposed to the virus. Additionally, there are preventative actions that you can take to protect yourself and your family from the spread of respiratory viruses that can make you sick. These include stay home if you're sick, cover your cough, and wash your hands. For more information, visit coronavirus.gov. That's coronavirus.gov. This episode, black folks are up and we need to talk. As protests for racial justice and an end to police brutality continue across the country, I'm seeing some things that really bother me. Black folks, we need to talk. When these protests started three months ago or so, there was a lot of momentum and positive energy. There was a lot of pride in what the protesters were doing and the way they were doing it. I witnessed firsthand the spirit of cooperation among us during a black men's march that I took part in. The energy and the urgency of now remained strong, even through the tragic murder of one of our white allies, Tyler Girth, back in June. The Louisville native and Trinity graduate has been with protesters in the park as a photographer. Girth's family released a statement saying, quote, Tyler was incredibly kind, tender-hearted, and generous, holding deep convictions and faith, adding, while we cannot fathom this life without our happy, inquisitive, hardworking, funny, precious Tyler, we pray that his death would be a turning point and catalyst for peace in the city he loved so much. Don't get me wrong, still plenty of people on the front lines, but behind the scenes, as sure as the sun rises and sets, there are crabs in a barrel working to cause division among us. To that end, I have some questions. I thought there were supposed to be one message, one agenda. Black Lives Matter. I'm not talking about the organization. I'll get to them in a minute. I'm talking about the cause. If that's the case, why am I seeing so many different agendas? Everything from the LGBTQ and trans community to black Republicans and just about every subset in between. Now, no knock against any of these groups, but... You all do realize that we are black first, right? And just like crabs in a barrel, I'm seeing black folks argue about who did what or who should get credit for this and that. Aren't we supposed to have the same goal? All this pettiness and petulance does is to trash any credibility the movement has. Why would you dilute the original message? Black lives matter. The way I see it, you may as well join the chorus of racist white folks in saying all lives matter. Again, it has to be said, we are all black first. What's even sadder is that this isn't new. The same type of division went on during the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s. This black group didn't agree with that black group, or this black group had a totally different agenda than what was originally stated. Back then, as we do now, Everybody talks about how we must have unity. However, there can be no black-white unity until there is first some black unity. We cannot think of being acceptable to others until we have first proven acceptable to ourselves. I once said, as an older person, 
Young people should be the ones leading this movement, but they're making the same mistakes that were made back in the day. They're forgetting that we are all black first. I also hear the argument, well, we can do more than one thing at a time. Yeah, if you were truly organized and everyone was monolithic in the approach, as it has always been, our efforts seem scattershot, like we're throwing everything up against the wall to see what sticks. That's never been an effective way to do anything. And then there's Black Lives Matter, the organization. Talk about muddying the waters. Now, if you go to the About section of their website, they have pretty much what amounts to as a mission statement. The third paragraph reads, and I quote, Black Lives Matter began as a call to action in response to state-sanctioned violence and anti-black racism. Our intention from the very beginning was to connect black people from all over the world who have a shared desire for justice to act together in their communities. The impetus for that commitment was, and still is, the rampant and deliberate violence inflicted on us by the state. End quote. Now, from a marketing and messaging standpoint, that should have been it. Full stop. They go on to talk about the nuclear family and safe spaces for the trans and queer communities. And at face value, I get it. Nothing wrong with that at all. Here's my question. Doesn't the statement Black Lives Matter include them too? Yes, these communities have important issues that we must continue to address. However, what BLM is doing is hurting the movement by watering down the message. It's like putting cream in coffee. It's just like when you got some coffee that's too black, which means it's too strong. What you do, you integrate it with cream. You make it weak. If you pour too much cream in, you won't even know you ever had coffee. It used to be hot, it becomes cool. It used to be strong, it becomes weak. It used to wake you up, now it'll put you to sleep. The irony is that as black people, we come in all different shades and colors. But the constant is that we are black first. My only hope is that the same energy being expended in all of this pettiness is used to get out the vote this coming November. Speaking of the election, coming up, Kamala Harris and the Blacker Than Thou Coalition, right after this. This is Mark One of the biggest accomplishments we've had over the past year is the continued growth of our podcast, Gunshots Straight from the Hip. If you haven't heard it, you can check it out now on our website at markgunmedia.com or on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the TuneIn Radio app. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Past episodes are available for download right now. Each episode is written and produced from a perspective not heard enough in this medium the black perspective. However, gunshot straight from the hip is not limited to a black audience. Anyone can get something out of it. We tackle social and political issues, sometimes some slice of life stuff, in a way that's very compelling and unlike any other podcast on the market right now. With my experience as an award-winning audio producer and a reputation for being rather outspoken, gunshots straight from the hip is something you won't want to miss. Over the next year, we want to add more subscribers with a goal of 1,000 new subscribers every month. If you haven't joined us yet, go to our website, markgunmedia.com, and hit the podcast link. You could also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're already with us, thank you. 
we just ask that you turn your friends and family on to us. Remember, we have a goal of 1,000 new subscribers every month, and we can't do it without your support. That's Gunshots Straight from the Hip, available right now at markgunmedia.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the Tuned In Radio app. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you. Mark Gun Media. No hype, no hoopla, just damn good work. For downloads of this and past episodes and information about all the multimedia services we offer, log on to our website at www.markgunmedia.com. That's markgunmedia.com. Welcome back to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. I'm Mark Gunn. We're continuing with my observation that black folks are up and we need to talk. Before we go any further, I need to thank everyone at EnvisionRadio.com for providing us a new home for this podcast. You can catch us every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. on EnvisionRadio.com. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. I also want to say merci beaucoup to those of you that are checking us out in France. Hello to our listeners in the UK and Van Dank to our new listeners in Germany. If you have any comments or just want to say hello, shoot us an email. The address is mark at markgunmedia.com. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. Last week, Democratic presidential candidate and presumptive nominee Joe Biden announced his pick of California first-term Senator Kamala Harris as his vice presidential running mate. The wait is over. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has chosen Kamala Harris as his running mate. Harris is the former federal prosecutor, former attorney general of the state of California, and she has represented that state in the Senate since 2017. The announcement was made just moments ago uh, via text message to supporters, even before Joe Biden officially clinched the Democratic Party's nomination for president back in early June. He had made clear he wanted a woman on the ticket beside him. And in recent weeks, he's interviewed a number of possible candidates, including a number of women of color. The choice of a running mate is arguably one of the most important decisions that he has made to date. He turned 78 years old shortly after Election Day and would be the oldest person to become president if elected. Perhaps the most consequential VP pick in a generation? And you idiots in the Blacker Than Thou coalition are arguing about her blackness? I'm hearing stupidity like, she's not black, she's mixed. Her husband is white, so she can't be pro-black. By the way, that's an argument that some of these same idiots have tried using against me. They quickly shut up when I gave them the receipts. Here's another one. She can't relate to slavery. Her parents aren't even from here. Sit tight. I'll address that load of crap in a second. Oh, and then there's, she destroyed black men by locking them up when she was a prosecutor in San Francisco. Never mind the fact that, one, she was doing the job that she was elected to do, and two, the numbers show that there were more whites and Latinos locked up on her watch. What's even sadder is that the majority of the hate Harris is getting is from other black women. Here's what she had to say about it. So I was born in Oakland and raised in the United States, except for the years that I was in high school in Montreal, Canada. And look, this is the same thing they did to Barack. Yes. This is this is not new to us. And so I think that um, we know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do what has been happening over the last two years, which is powerful voices trying to sow hate and division among us. Mm -hmm. 
And so we need to recognize when we're being played. Now, for the last time, because some of you obviously didn't pay attention in biology class, Harris's mother is of Indian-Asian descent. India is a country in South Asia. Her father is Jamaican and black, making Harris a biracial, meaning of two races, child. Pay attention. One race does not negate the other. Kamala Harris is as black as she is Asian, and how she self-identifies is the only thing that matters. Kamala Harris identifies as a black woman, and the sisters of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority respect that. These women may be the 55-year-old Firebrand Senator's secret weapon. They are an army of members of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, who have been among her most loyal supporters since she pledged at historically black Howard University. You've got the strength of all of Alpha Chapter, of all of Howard University, and then the strength as a sorority, we're over 300,000 women nationally. That's power. AKA sisters have their own greeting. You may be hearing it a lot on the campaign. What you think she is doesn't matter. Who are any of you to dictate to anyone who is and who isn't black? What's next? You going to drag out the brown paper bag test? Please have several seats. Getting back to Harris not being able to relate to American slavery. Once again, Her father is Jamaican. Now, this is where knowing your history is so important. How do you think black folks got to Jamaica in the first place? Well, the first Africans to arrive in Jamaica came in 1513 from the Iberian Peninsula as part of the transatlantic slave trade. Doesn't sound like a problem in relating to me. Real talk. Harris was not my first pick, but at the end of the day, she is the most logical choice. She's really good at fundraising. Think they raised something like $10 million just hours after the announcement was made? She's an effective speaker. She's young enough at age 55 to assume the Oval Office should something happen to Joe Biden. And as a prosecutor, she has the ability to make the case against Donald Trump better than anyone else, Republican or Democrat. And that scares the Republican Party. Look, vote how you want. But if you're going to use some is she black enough purity test? You get the government you deserve. As I said earlier in this episode, stop the petulant pettiness and remember, we are all black first. Coming up, a look back at night one of the Democratic National Convention. If you missed it, you f***ed up. More after this. 104.7 WLO. What we're gonna do right here is go back. I know you got Way back. So Back into time. I got Hi, this is Tony Fields. And I'm Mark Gunn. For over 70 years, WLOU has been your radio station. The People's Station. The Reverend Dr. William E. Summers III made a commitment to Louisville when he launched WLOU. And that commitment is stronger than ever. For more than 20 years, WLOU has been the number one station for gospel music in Louisville. Proudly making a joyful noise and lifting the spirits of the black community. However, given the times that we're now living in and the urgent calls for change... (laughs) 
WLOU feels the need to change with them. To that end, we are going back to Dr. William E. Summers' original vision for WLOU. Back to when this radio station was your soundtrack. Whether you were kicking it at the park or at the club or cleaning the house on a Saturday morning. We're going back to a time when R&B meant rhythm and blues and not repetitive and boring. We're going back to what made WLOU one of America's greatest radio stations in the first place. We're going back to the original soul of Louisville. We are the People Station. We are WLOU. For downloads of this and past episodes and information about all the multimedia services we offer, log on to our website at www.markgunmedia.com. That's markgunmedia.com. Welcome back to Gunshot Straight from the Hip. I'm Mark Gunn. Once again, got to say thank you to the folks at EnvisionRadio.com for providing a home for this podcast. Remember, you can catch us every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern at EnvisionRadio.com. Or if you want to reach out via email, the address is mark at markgunmedia.com. I look forward to hearing from you. The Democratic National Convention began this past Monday, and because of the pandemic, it was pretty much the biggest Zoom meeting in history. It was very well produced and drew a very sharp contrast between Democrats and Republicans with a diverse array of speakers. As the producer of the event noted, there were very few white men, and the ones that were there were Republicans. There were two epic moments of shade thrown Donald Trump's way, and if you missed it, oh man, you messed up. The first was from a young woman named Kristen Ukiza, who spoke about her father who died of coronavirus. My dad was a healthy 65-year-old. His only pre-existing condition was trusting Donald Trump, and for that, he paid with his life. The other was from the keynote speaker, former First Lady Michelle Obama, who used Trump's own words against him. I think it's under control. I'll tell you what. How? A thousand Americans are dying a day. They are dying. That's true. And you ha- it is what it is. Let me be as honest and clear as I possibly can. Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country. He has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head. He cannot meet this moment. He simply cannot be who we need him to be for us. It is what it is. If you want to see the speech in its entirety, just search for it on YouTube. Here's the bottom line. We are in the midst of a global racial reckoning. Because of the global pandemic, no one could turn a blind eye to the racism that black people have been telling you about for centuries. A confluence of events. The murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd pretty much happening back to back. Harken back to the days when Americans watched in horror on television water hoses and police dogs being turned on black people protesting for their civil rights back in the 50s and 60s. It's detrimental to your safety to continue this march, and I'm saying that this is an unlawful assembly. You are to disperse, you are ordered to disperse, go home, or go to your church. The difference now compared to then is the amount of support we're getting from other racial groups from all over the world. Thanks to the internet, shows of solidarity are being seen in real time. People are finally seeing and understanding what we've been saying since forever. Of course, you've got the racists and knuckle-draggers to contend with. 
That is a given. But here's where we as black people are really up. As hard and as loud as we are protesting against racism and police brutality, we've dropped the ball when it comes to fratricide, violence in our own community. As of this episode, my city of Louisville, Kentucky is approaching a record 100 homicides, and the year isn't even over. To provide proper context, there were 92 homicides for all of last year, 2019. Shootings have also been on the rise here in Louisville since the pandemic took over Kentucky. And it's not just a matter of more violence. The virus is keeping families from visiting the hospital or even mourning in a normal way. Even a pandemic can't pause violence. Loved ones no longer able to gather and grieve. Tragedy hitting even the young ones who are out of school because of COVID-19. It's very heartbreaking. I can't imagine losing my child and then having to go through this. Anthony Oxendine is the director of Spring Valley Funeral Home and has watched families forced to mourn six feet apart. He hopes the violence will stop, especially during such uncertain times. It just breaks my heart every time I see this at a church that they can't have their family come. It is devastating to me. I'm not going to lie. I honestly don't believe that it's just black Louisvillians committing these murders. Given the history and methods of white supremacy groups and law enforcement during times of protests, I wouldn't put it past either of them being responsible for such a dramatic spike in these numbers. We dropped the ball by not keeping a tighter hold on our neighborhoods. I know in a pandemic, having a visible presence in the street is problematic, but there are ways to cut down on crime. While my neighborhood doesn't have a neighborhood watch, we do have a Facebook group with a see something, say something mindset. There are those of us that walk the neighborhood making sure that nothing looks out of place, and most importantly, as ethnically diverse as my neighborhood is, and there are language barriers, we all speak to each other so that everyone gets a chance to become familiar. We've had a couple of crimes that were either prevented or quickly solved because of looking out for each other. Which brings me back to the original premise of this episode. There can be no black-white unity until there is first some black unity. We are all in the same fight for freedom, justice, and equality. So why are we fighting each other? After all, we are all black first. Normally, I do not feature music on my podcast as a rule, but in this case, and because of what we've been talking about for the past half hour, I think it's very appropriate. So we want to close out with a very special song written and performed by a friend of mine. The artist is Divine Cuts. It is from his EP, Thoughts Out Loud. It's called I'm Still Here. We will win. And if you want to find out how to get it, just check out the information that goes along with this podcast. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Mark chapter 4, Jesus gives a wonderful illustration. Gives an illustration about how he calmed the storm. We have the storm of COVID-19, the storm of a pandemic. We have the storm of police brutality. We have the storm of injustice. We have the storm of gun violence. But one thing about it, Jesus, if you place your faith in him, and Jesus will get all of us to the other side. And one thing about getting to the other side, there's victory in Christ Jesus. So if Jesus calmed the storm on the sea, Jesus can calm the storm of any pandemic. Take them to church. We've been praying, still going through a battle. The problems 
on the lock, it's like a shackle. They don't want us breathing with the hands up. We took a stand in the six, we got our hands up. Please, Lord, come, we gon' ride. Standing on your promise, 12, quick, you won't die. With God on the side, battles one fist up, BL, I'm up real high. I'm still here, my face restored. I'm just trying to change my life so I can live for the Lord. It's okay, it's alright. They say God gives the toughest battles. Mitch and Brianna was shot to death. Dear Lord, I ask yo, what can we do? Because the people are lost and we have no clue. Uh, we don't have to agree with all the riots, but one thing we can agree, too many silent. We got a plot plan, strategize at the pole. Let our voices be heard so we can gain control. Plus there's too many families being shattered. I can't say it enough. Black Lives Matter. I'm still here. My face restored. I'm just trying to change my life so I can live for the Lord. It's okay. It's alright. They say God gives the toughest battles to the strong to fight. We will serving on the front lines of the fight against COVID when she was shot at least eight times inside her home during a drug raid in March. No drugs were found, and the three officers involved were placed on administrative leave. But so far, none have been charged. You've been listening to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. The views expressed are those of the host and guests and not reflective of any business entity or anyone associated with this broadcast. If you have any comments or want more information on how to be a sponsor, log on to our website at markgunmedia.com or call us at 502-407-0283. That's 502-407-0283. Thank you for listening. Mark Gun Media. No hype, no hoopla. Just damn good work.